You're with Julian on the Brown Notes, and the prevailing wisdom is that there has never been a boon for the anti-vax movement like COVID. I say that COVID is the anti-vax movement's nightmare. Now, there's been an anti-vax movement since vaccines originated. Believe it or not, the first vaccines or inoculations using a similar process to what we use today happened in China in around the 1500s and the English, I think, took it from there. Um, I think it was um, the smallpox virus which first led people to actually experimenting with this similar thing to what the Chinese were doing, which is firing up your immune system by giving you some of the illness, not enough so that you die, but enough so that your immune system develops ways of fighting it that are much better. Um, and smallpox had killed over a few centuries from up until about the 19th century, 20th century, I think in the like over a 300-year period, it killed about 300 million people. Not small change. Um, and there were in England, um, the it was Edward Jenner uh, who tried it with cowpox, um, and there was also another guy, I think, um, first used in North America and in England in 1721 in relation to both cowpox and smallpox. And uh, Reverend Cotton Mather introduced the variolation method, which is similar to vaccination, but I think you might actually use the full illness rather than, which is much more dangerous, obviously. I don't know the exact separation between that and, and modern vaccination, where you use um, either dead cells or you use a much weaker version of the various. Um, <clears throat> there was opposition when he tried to bring that to Boston, um, but he convinced locals to try it. <laughs> Um, and it was a very it was very successful and it made a lot of people get well um, well or, or not get as sick once they contracted the virus and that's a big thing about the current vaccination is even when people get covid a large number of them that have been vaccinated aren't suffering the effects as badly as they would have and therefore it's um it ends up saving lives um this went on for a while um and the initial opposition to vaccination was religious it was the church that came out against it um there was a sermon entitled the dangerous and sinful practice of inoculation by english theologian reverend edmund massey he argued that disease was sent by god and in, if he wants to kill you with a disease it's up to god and it was a diabolical operation. This is as far back as 1722. Remember, it was first used in America in 1721. So there was opposition to this, broadly, the smallpox vaccination. This is long before the electron microscope, before we ever knew what a virus even really was, because it was far too small to see. Um, so it was a couple of years, no, a couple of centuries, it was broadly similar. And there was a, a, an opposition outside the church to being vaccinated or inoculated um, because medical practices were so bad at the time that the um, people were getting syphilis and things like that from having a blood transfusion with somebody to get the illness inside them. There was some really harsh... I mean, surgery was hardly a, a walk in the park back then. So there were some genuine concerns around the use of vaccines based on the fact that medical practices were much more unhygienic than they are today and people would often get really, really sick. Um, there, 
There were some major problems. I think in the 1950s, there was something like 40,000 people got polio from tainted vaccines. But only five out of all those people died. Uh, and that's the biggest sort of outbreak there's been. But the modern anti-vaccination movement, it is both completely separate to this historic anti-vax movement, which has always bumbled away in the background alongside things like religion and distrust in science and medicine, which has always been there. But their concerns are broadly dissimilar, uh, broadly the same as they are now. The modern variant of the anti-vax movement, and what a claim to fame, was um, born with Andrew Wakefield, the English doctor, who was a, a surgeon at a, a, the Royal Free Hospital in London. Um, he put a piece in The Lancet, um, a medical journal, claiming that the MMR um, vi uh, virus, measles, mumps, rubella, caused autism in children. This was a shockwave around the world in 1998 and directly led to lots and lots of parents stopping their children being vaccinated and lots and lots of parents with children with autism blaming vaccines. Now, in the years that followed, it became apparent that Dr. Andrew Wakefield had fraudulently represented his science. He had used them. Um, he was also being paid by um, people that had links that would financially benefit him presenting his evidence in the way it did. And he had selectively chosen children to warp his evidence in a manner that promoted his flawed evidence, which ended with a review, the piece being withdrawn by The Lancet, and him being struck off from medical practitioning for having willfully endangered and misrepresented his own patients. He was a scumbag. He, he got financial benefit out of it um, because of the people that were involved behind the scenes were paying him and he completely misrepresented the data that he presented which had a dramatic effect on the anti-vax movement. And despite the fact that his evidence has been found fraudulent and he was struck off, he is still the king of this movement. And what, a, what an appalling claim to fame that is. He has never backed away from his notions and instead has found this second life through the internet and through niche groups where he is held up as somebody who's a, a truth sayer who has been, you know, cut off by the establishment. He wasn't. He was cut off because he fraudulently presented his evidence. He was a sham artist, a snake oil salesman, and he got found out. But he's made an awful lot of money out of it and he's now a multimillionaire Married, I think, to Elle McPherson, who gets invited to very high um, polit political events, you know, with the Trump side of politics. So the anti-vax movement was perfect for the Internet. A number of things happened with the Internet which hadn't happened before. Number one, the egalitarian dissemination of medical information. Suddenly, a lot of people that had absolutely no training or expertise got an enormous amount of access to medical information. Alongside that, and, and this goes in hand with Google Doctor and people, you know, pronouncing themselves terminally ill from cancer. Hand in hand with that, a lot of shonky charlatans managed to take bits and bobs of evidence and cherry pick it to formulate their own niche views where people, you know, You've got people too in America that, that you know believe bleach, injecting bleach or drinking bleach will help you against illnesses, or that 
this vaccine or that vaccine will cause X, Y, Z, you know, pick up 5G towers because you've been vaccinated. And the internet has also created echo chambers where before news media had to present a relatively truthful, when it came to vaccines and when it came to medical science, the, the wider news media had to be relatively truthful about it. But we've replaced the wider media with the echo chambers of what we want to watch in these rabbit warrens on Facebook and on YouTube, where you can come up against only that information. It's never challenged and it's information that would never be presented on mainstream media because it's wrong and because it is garbage and because it falls apart as soon as it is actually tested. So it's in these echo chambers where people become inoculated from uh, truthful opinions about um, vaccines and about vaccine science. Now, the there's been there's been this like form, formation of this one group out of so many disparate interests. No one would have said ten years ago that the holistic yoga mat crowd of very attractive thirty five year old women that do yoga would become preeminent in the QAnon conspiracy world, but they have. They've um, become part and parcel of this world where they'll now fight alongside people who are actually just fighting for people like Donald Trump or for very racist ideologies because it's all become part of this wider whole and it's this slope that people go down and they start with um, you know not wanting to put chemicals in your body completely natural things and move on to hesitancy about vaccines and then slide down this slippery slope into believing that the Democrats are lizard people who are trafficking children all over the world out of a pizza parlour. And there's an amazing amount of people that have gone down this rabbit warren. But here's the thing. You would expect that COVID, which has had, had been the world's only modern outbreak of a major virus in any, con in any comparable way, and the first time the new world has ever had to deal with this, you would expect that this is the greatest thing for the anti-vax movement. The anti-vax movement's never been more prominent. So it's obviously the best thing in the world. I don't think so. I think that COVID is the worst thing in the world for the anti-vax movement. The anti-vax movement formed, broadly speaking, in the modern sense around the start of the 2000s. And up until a couple of years ago, it, its ideology about vaccines was allowed to exist untested in a, a, a massive global empirical study. And that is what COVID is. It's a massive real-world, real-time global empirical study with data that they cannot hide from. Every day they put in the Australian newspapers online about someone dying from COVID. There are people underneath saying, no, they didn't, you're lying, you made it up. How many people didn't die? That person that died was vaccinated. All of the usual stuff. And this will continue for a while, but it won't continue forever because already in America, 99% of the people dying are unvaccinated. And people can say what they want online, but it is going to impact them directly. There will be an awful lot of people who are part of the anti-vax movement who will contract COVID or their mother will, or their children will. And then we will see a dramatic reversal in their thoughts about vaccines. If 99% of the people already in America that are dying from COVID 
are unvaccinated. This is a pattern that will be repeated throughout the world. And it will be very, very difficult for an enormous sway of the people that have been swept up in this anti-vax movement to remain with it when it personally impacts them. When they know that they have finally had the wall pulled over their eyes, they've been conned all along, and what the scientists and medical practitioners have told them from the start is actually true because they themselves are sick. And this is already happening. Um, there are already ex-anti-vaxxers out there who are saying to the world, you have to get vaccines. There was one today that was um, a prominent right-wing uh, radio host in America who, who was very anti-vax and has come out now and he's, he's very pro-vaccine. They cannot run from the science. What they haven't had before is their ideas tested and they're now having their ideas tested on the global stage and it is going to... The ideologues will stay forever but an enormous amount of people will leave the anti-vax movement through empirical scientific evidence. Uh, this is from the Angelo Badalamenti slash David Lynch soundtrack to Twin Peaks. And